Commencing countdown. Three, two, one. This is the Contracting Experience. Connecting government contracting professionals to the world around them through conversations with acquisition influencers, insights into evolving hot topics, and sharing lessons learned from the field. Ever wonder who those professionals are that get to crawl around planes and production lines to inspect government supplies and services to check quality and ensure adequate performance? Don't forget the cost and financial analysts that ensure taxpayer dollars are spent correctly on products and services that support our missions. Well, in this episode, you get a big picture view of what Defense Contract Management Agency does to support the Department of Defense from DCMA's Commander of the West Regional Command, Colonel David Learned. I hope you enjoy the episode and make sure you check out the What DCMA Does video in the show notes to hear more about what DCMA does from the folks doing the job and the warfighters who use the products and services administered by the Defense Contract Management Agency. Welcome, Colonel David Learned, to the podcast. Thank you. So I have to admit, um, I'm excited about this conversation because as a contracting professional, I was working out in the field, I actually secretly wanted to do a job shadow program with DCMA just to get an insight into all that you guys provide to the program offices. So I'm excited for everybody to hear this conversation. Awesome, and it's never too late if you wanna come on over <laughs> right, and join sweet. us. So sir, can you tell us about the Defense Contract Management Agency? Yeah, absolutely, you know, so um, I'll start with the mission and the vision because I think that's just fundamental and it guides everything we do, right? We are the independent eyes and ears of DOD and its partners, enhancing warfighter lethality, right? Ensuring time, timely delivery of products, providing relevant acquisition insight and supporting affordability and readiness. Our boss basically says, Vice Admiral Lewis, he says we're the purveyor of facts, of facts and truth with regards to contract execution. And then I think that sums it up really nicely. You know, our vision is one team, one voice, delivering global acquisition insight. Um, one team, one voice is very important because it's such a large and complex organization and there's you know, so many variables. Um, so that's really a, a key emphasis area for our, the agency. So I like what you said about the facts and the truth and then one team, one voice, because I know just as um, a contracting person, I'm working in my program office, you know, you guys are the ones that are out there where the contractor's at and what sees what they're doing. We can't see that always sitting in the office, and so it, it is important for us to go there, but we can't always be there, right? So, so that's what you guys are out there doing to help us with one team, and so it's important that we're on the same page and that um, we communicate so that we can, we can do that. Yeah, well said. You know, um, you mentioned we're, we're kind of all over, and we can talk a little bit more about the organization and composition a little bit later, but, you know, we're at over 19,000 contractor locations worldwide, you know, so we do have a pretty broad um, footprint. We manage over 350,000 contracts valued at more than $5 trillion. And so, you know, we are a product delivery organization, and, and we are everywhere. Awesome. So do you want to talk a little bit about the organizational structure? Yeah, absolutely. You know, so um, we're, we're organized to provide contract administration services, right? And, and that's prescribed for us in the FAR and DFAR. So, um, but the, the primary composition, are, you know, we're comprised of six primary operational wing level um, components, uh, for lack of a better term. Um, we have geographic regions, west, 
um, Central and East, and I'm the commander of the Western Region. Central Region is commanded by an Army Colonel, and Eastern Region by a Navy Captain. Mm -hmm. And this is because of the preponderance of work that we do. For example, on the left coast, we're mostly space, which is you know, mostly Air Force. Mm -hmm. So we also have a couple other um, wing-level operational components that would include international um, for all of our you know, footprints outside of the continental United States. And we have special programs, and then most recently, cost and pricing, because it's such a key component of what we do, it was established as an operational component as well. Um, we also, our, our basic primary unit is the contract management office. We have primary, which are group level, and streamlined, which are squadron level. And um, agency-wide, we have 89 contract management offices, or we, we call them CMOs. We also, I think, a couple other key elements of the organization. We have a, a Portfolio Management and Business Integration Directorate, PMBI. Uh, I mention them because we have an, uh, an element in the National Capital Region that help assist our senior leadership team and, and their interactions with senior DOD and service officials. We also have um, dedicated experts performing earned value management, property management, aircraft operations, which, which is a surprise to many, as well as you know, all, uh, all the other critical functional support that allows us to do the mission. Well, I also want to highlight, um, you guys have a video on your website called What DCMA Does, and I looked at, I, I viewed that to prepare for this, and it's a great video, so I'm going to actually include it in the show notes because I think it's a, it's a great way for folks just to get a quick insight into all the different things that DCMA is doing. Yeah, I think that's a wonderful idea. That, that video sums it up pretty nicely, doesn't it? You know, um, one other element I want to talk about was workforce composition. You know, so uh, only 5% of the agencies, uh, you know, about... Um, 11,000, 12,000-ish um, members, with 5% are military, 95% are civilian. Of those civilians, uh, almost half are veterans, you know, so we leverage the experience for sure. 85% of our employees are acquisition certified. And what was most interesting to me when I first joined the agency about a year and a half ago is that we have actually more quality assurance personnel than contracting professionals. We're about 30% contracts, 35% quality assurance. We also have um, a, a large dose of engineers and software experts, as well as industrial specialists, program integrators, you know, and then of course, you know, uh, the different mission and functional support I mentioned. So what I hear there is a lot of expertise that we can be reaching out to to ask for help if, if teams need it. Amen. All right, so the Defense Contract Management Agency recently updated its strategic plan, aligning the agency even closer with the Defense Department's National Defense Strategy. Can you highlight some of the changes to the plan that may affect how DCMA supports the acquisition community? And then can you also talk to how DCMA handles contract administration? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so, you know, the updated strategic plan is, is not a significant change. Vice Admiral Lewis please, hey, the plan ought to reflect how we do business, you know, what we do. And so not a significant change, but we are um, very closely aligned um, to the national defense strategy. And so we have five strategic plan goals um, that keep us on track and accountable, right? And, and so uh, the first two goals, you know, enhancing lethality through on-time delivery of quality products and enhancing lethality through affordability are linked to how we support the acquisition community and the NDS. Um, goal number three, ensuring our funds are used in alignment with DOD guidance, right, in a transparent, accountable manner, um, stewardship. Uh, goal four is reforming agency business practices, working smarter and harder, and, and that's, you know, important, and, and that's a, a, a culture that we have, you know, that every day to, to see how we can do things better. Um, like, like most organizations, we're not resourced to do all the work mm -hmm. that's coming our way, so we got to do it smartly. 
And then in um, goal five, enhancing and strengthening the skills, raise and effectiveness of the workforce. Um, and you know, I uh, think the world of the workforce we have, um, I mean, like you had mentioned, we've got a lot of folks around the globe, you know, and experts in many different fields that add value, mm -hmm. you know, to programs. We also, in the Western region, we, we talk about lines of expertise, and this is, you know, varies across different regions, but I'll give you an example in the West. Um, we have ex um, the agency expertise in commercial derivative aircraft, you know, so we have folks in the factory, for example, um, you know, working on the KC-46 and the P-8 program. We have expertise in space systems. Um, we have um, expertise in NASA production op operations, and guided munitions, and as well as unmanned aerial vehicles. So each region has, you know, based upon the work um, that it's supporting has this expertise for the agency and the DOD. Another key element for us to talk about is where we contribute by program phase. Um, I think that's important for, for um, folks to understand and, and so for example although we perform contract administration everything cradle to grave from contract award to contract closeout we offer a lot of assistance um, in pre-award steady state. We have primary function, optional function. So for example, pre-award, right? We can help out by, um, by shedding insight on production capacity, fina uh, financial stability of the organization, um, indirect and direct rate insights to help with negotiations, mm -hmm. business system insight, right? We can do surveys and pricing support. Request for proposal and source selection is another key phase. And, and really, it's really important for us to get involved early in the program, right? So if the contract is structured properly, the program office can get the insight and have the levers it needs. No, th that's huge um, because a lot of times, you know, we're trying to get things on contract and we don't take the time to pull the proper people in. Um, so that's a, that's a big point is to get your DCMA folks involved early on while you're developing your, your RFP. And then also, like you said, to set it up properly because a lot of times we it's easy not to think about, okay, eventually in however many, you know, whether it's a year and a half or eight months it's going to take to deliver this item, but when you deliver it, you need to make sure your processes are in place properly at that time because you don't want it coming off the line and getting ready to accept it and say, oh, well, hold on a second, we forgot something or something's not marked properly, those types of things. How are we going to deal with that now? And so then, then it's an emergency. Absolutely. You know, and so we can help um, with contract clause construction, right? We can help with uh, market research and an assessment. Um, we can look at or explain to you corporate motivations from our perspective that we see across the enterprise. We have all kinds of lessons learned. We, um, you know, we're looking forward and at anticipated technical shifts, right? We can help you with a risk assessment. Um, we can help you with negotiations by providing data, you know, the facts and truth, right? right? Um, when, you, when you get onto the contract performance element after the contract's awarded, we do program assessment reporting. And it's not the reports in itself that are of value, and they are, and they, they feed, you know, the system to inform senior leadership, but it's that constant dialogue and letting the program office and, you know, know how the contractor's executing, right, and providing that real-time insight. We also can assist with payment authorizations and withholds by providing that data, as I mentioned before, root cause analysis, um, subcontractor insight, right? Mm -hmm. The supply chain is where um, you know, a lot of the risk is, and, and we have footholds and we have you know, years and years of experience um, that we can, you know, we can share that information, which I think is very helpful. And, and if I could just highlight a couple of things. So, you know, when I was like a brand new contracting officer and you're being hit with all these issues that are coming up with acceptances and and, um, and inspections and stuff like that and you know I'm not an expert in that area but thankfully I called my DCMA 
counterpart and they were very helpful in saying, okay, so here's where they're at as far as the performance. And then we can look at, you know, if something's not up to par, do we need to take a withhold? And like you said, they can help um, identify what those issues are. And, and even if um, we need to come with what should the dollar value be for that, it's very helpful because when you're under the gun getting pressure, like we need to get something out to the field, but we also need to make sure we're doing our due diligence. DCMA, from my perspective, was huge in, in that partnership to figure that out. Um, so I'm glad to hear that, and absolutely, you know, and we can we can help inform, right, and provide the data. We can help estimate what would be the financial impact, and you know, and support that kind of determination. And you know, um, as you're aware, cash flow, you know, is is an important motivator for our contractors. You know, and then, and then finally, I mentioned contract closeout. You know, and we we negotiate final rates, right, reconcile deliverables property disposition and so forth. So throughout those four phases, we have um, tremendous you know, value that we can add. Definitely. So what tools does DCMA support that acquisition professionals can utilize in their acquisitions? And then as part of that, what feedback have you received on the value of those tools? Yeah, great question, you know, and, and so when I hear the word tools, the most, you know, I think the first thing I think of is our relationship, you know, you know, classify as a tool or not, but really that's the, I think the most important thing we can offer. Mm -hmm. As we talked about, you know, um, having our folks dispersed across the country, um, having, you know, a foothold and that insight and having a relationship where we can, you know, we have that actionable insight, but, you know, unless we share it with the right people, right. it's not going to really benefit anybody. But I think that's the, you know, the, the most important thing that we can offer. And I'll take a moment here just to talk about we, we have corporate alliance networks. And so, for example, you know, um, all, the, all of the CMOs across the nation and international, right, that, that have experience with one prime contractor, for example, get together on a regular basis and just talk about, you know, um, what's going on within, within that company, you know, across the, the divisions. And, right. and it's very insightful, you know, and, and we can share that information, you know, as a program office is considering you know, um, developing an RFP and, and right. wants to better understand the risk, you know, and especially in, in today's environment where we're, we want to go fast, right? right? We got to go fast, but we got to do it with our eyes open and understand where the risks are. Well, and I think you mentioned in this earlier, but just for example, the fact that when you're at the contractor's facility, you guys are located, for example, in a certain area, they are servicing not just the Air Force, but they may also be providing products to the Navy or Defense Logistics Agency. Yes. And so you can help provide insight into maybe a particular program office of what else is being done there. Um, so that way, if they're, let's say, um, analyzing a proposal that was sent in and they're saying, well, you know, these are the things that we need to be, um, that need to be priced in this proposal. Well, what else is going on at that facility that needs to be taken into account when you're doing that? Yes, absolutely. And very well said, Amber. I think, you know, so we do have a lot of tools. I think the best way, though, to answer this question is, you know, is to make sure that um, folks contact our local CMO, right, mm -hmm. and, and establish a relationship if, it's not, if there's not one there already, mm -hmm. right, with the functional expertise, you know, um, that they're interested in. Um, we also have a tremendous resource um, at our website, dcma.mil. We can offer uh, portal access to, you know, to the secure site mm -hmm. um, for, for government um, employees. Um, once inside uh, that website, you know, we lay out, um, it's very easy to kind of navigate through and, and find the POCs that could help you. For example, um, we have POCs and tools that can help with technical support negotiation, right, um, with proposal preparation, pricing and negotiations, 
IRD, and we also have a commercial item database um, out, of, out of our commercial item group, which is really helpful for price analysis, market research, negotiations, and uh, recommendations for pre-RFP support. And we maintain this database um, and provide government industry commercial pricing and, and pricing analysis training. You know, and, and that's very helpful if an item is commercial, right? It helps reduce a lot of our requirements and helps us go faster. Well, and I think I, I've worked with the, the DCML the DCMA pricing cell before and um, it was kind of before you know the the commercial cell was set up but I will say the folks that were on that team were extremely helpful in helping us get there especially from a technical perspective because you know we're looking at trying to make things fit into a certain area if it's if they're proper to fit there and we just want to make sure as contracting folks that we have the documentation to back that up and so um, that team was very helpful in that instance, um, and so I think that's a good resource to reach out to. Glad to hear it. Yeah. So you've talked, we've talked a little bit about this already, um, but how can acquisition teams better integrate with their DCMA counterparts, and what challenges is DCMA working through to bridge this gap? Yeah, so for sure, and I'll go back to engaging their local DCMA contract management offices. Um, very easy to find on the website. You know, and, and understanding our mission, our organization, our core competencies helps, you know, and, and as a uh, previous program manager and customer, mm -hmm. you know, I interfaced with one or two folks, you know, the program integrator and, and things were working well. Um, but I know not all customers um, have the same kind of challenges, right? Mm -hmm. and, and that, you know, they may evolve with the life cycle of the program. Mm -hmm. um, so what I didn't do um, then, which I'd encourage now is, is for those program managers, those MLs, those SMLs, to engage with the CMO commander or director um, at that level, you know, and talk through and make sure they understand, um, again, everything that we can offer and that, um, for example, you know, the uh, surveillance plans, you know, accurately reflect, you know, where the risks are, right. you know, so uh, maintaining communication um, between all parties is really important. Um, and as I mentioned before, it's not just a, on a monthly report basis, but having, you know, a regular dialogue as part of a normal battle rhythm, you know, is definitely um, and one thing. And I'll foot stomp getting engaged early, saving time and effort down the road by structuring that contract, you know, um, properly from the beginning, um, setting expectations and understanding resources and deliverables. And if the PMO is not getting what they need or expect, again, they need to just engage at the proper level, you know. And, and I've found that our commanders and directors are all about the mission, right? Mm -hmm. uh, we're, again, I'll go back to, you know, our, our connection with, an, uh, with the NDS, you know, and our commitment. And, you know, uh, Vice Admiral Lewis is, is I think, the uh, first program manager um, to lead the agency. And he's brought with his point of view a tremendous focus on delivering products to the warfighter, right. you know. And so we all reflect um, his focus. And I, I think the main thing there too, at least just from a contracting person's perspective is, like you said, um, the program office team being engaged with DCMA and maybe not just the contracting people, but making sure the, the program managers at that level are engaged as well. Because um, I've seen where, you know, the, the contractor may say one thing to the program team, right? Well, DCMA is not accepting something and it needs to get out to the field, you know, and then contracting people will try to play in the middle at the program office, say, well, hold on a second, let's go talk to DCMA, you know, but it's like, I think, if, if kind of like how you have the program managers say, okay, let's, you know, let's get DCMA involved. They're here to help us, you know, and not, not take the contractors, you know, they can definitely take the concerns, but let's get, give the benefit of the doubt to the team and say, we're all trying to get one thing, you know, we're trying to get the deliveries done here. So let's make sure we're on the same page and things are being done properly. And, and we're doing our due, due diligence from that standpoint. You know, so thank you for bringing that up. And, you know, you asked about challenges. And I think that's one of our 
One of our challenges is, is the fact that DCMA, you know, is an independent mm -hmm. organization, right? And, and as a program manager, I know there are times where, you know, the facts and truth of contract execution don't necessarily support, you know, the, the current objectives of the mm -hmm. program manager. For example, if a, a, a program's running into issues, you know, and, mm -hmm. and funding's on the line, right? right? And so, and I totally get that, you know, and I think though, there, though, there should never be any surprises, you know, um, as long as we don't confuse understanding with agreement. I think right. that, um, you know, the agency will have that, that point of view, hey, here's what's going on with regards to contract right. execution, and, and we're fact-based and passion-free about it. Right, right. Sometimes that doesn't always support the program, you know, and, and, and I get that, um, but, you know, as long as we're open and the customer understands our point of view and what it is we're communicating, you know, we're doing what we have to do, right. you know, um, and, and I think that helps address that challenge. Internally, um, we, we are challenged. Um, you know, as I mentioned, we're very large. We have 89 different CMOs, you know, across the world. So consistency is a key focus area for us. Right. When we're rolling down initiatives and implementing new policies or procedures, how do we maintain consistency, right. you know, um, effectively and efficiently? And then resourcing, you know, um, Vice Admiral Lewis is working really hard. Um, over the last two years, he's been trying to get additional resources. We've, we've told Ms. Lord, hey, we're 983 um, FTE short to do the work we have contract now. Right. And when you look at the workload that's coming our way and this emphasis on going, you know, faster, right? right? We've been, you know, we've been basically directed um, to handle this internally. We're not getting additional resources. Right. You know, so this goes back to, you know, all, all of our customers, you know, appear to be in a very similar situation, under-resourced. So we're focusing right now on high-value, high-risk work. We're stopping um, doing things that we would have done in the past because we were good at it, mm -hmm. um, which is lower value, low risk work is defined by the FAR. We have um, exceptions and we've been working with our customers. We also are, are not doing non-core services contracts, you know, things that, that base and, and cores can do, the bases can handle, right? And so as we free up those resources, we're applying them um, towards the high value, high risk programs like um, the F-35, for example. Mm -hmm. You know, so that's one of the tasks we're taking to address our resourcing challenge. We also, of, of course, um, are looking internally. We have six different lines of effort, you know, to address the resourcing problem. Mm -hmm. So you've been the commander of DCMA West Regional Command for over a year now. What valuable insights have you gained in your time there that you will take to future assignments? I think um, working in this joint environment, you know, and, and seeing such a large and diverse team all focused, you know, on, on, on the mission, on one mission, you know, and that's delivering products has is, is been really insightful to me. Um, I've come away with a much greater appreciation for the, you know, credible production, manufacturing, you know, engineering, quality assurance, and, and contracting expertise. You know, um, I haven't seen this side of it before, and there's a lot that goes into the contract administration. I even mentioned even air operations. I didn't know, you know, we have folks who are out there doing, you know, um, flood acceptance tests, right. you know, and making sure we're getting what we paid for. Right. The other key thing is need for early engagement. Um, that, that's my huge takeaway. Again, we go back to structuring that contract. It'll save a lot of time and money and, and heartache you know, if we make sure we have the proper clauses, you know, in, in the contract. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking of cyber right now, right? right? Huge focus, huge threat. And how, what are we doing to help ensure, you know, that, that our primes are flowing their cyber requirements down through the supply chain? And, and how can we help ensure that they're following their processes? And, and finally, I think, is just the ability to interface directly with the CMO commanders and directors. You know, whenever there are issues or challenges that, that aren't getting resolved, don't, don't 
waste time, um, you know, uh, try and resolve the issue at the lowest level, and if not, then just bubble it up. We're all here, you know, to, to, to deliver products for the warfighter and support the mission, right? That's something I haven't done in the past. You know, I was working with DCMA at, at lower levels, and I haven't had, I didn't have the issues, you know. But they're, they're always there, and they're incredibly responsive, in my opinion. You know, even with our resource constraints, um, they'll work with you to figure out where your risks are and, again, how to adjust surveillance to, to best address the program needs. Those would be the three biggest things. Awesome. Well, Colonel Learned, I want to thank you for being on the podcast today, and I'm going to take that offer for the job shadow and put it in my back pocket for when the opportunity presents itself. So thank you. Sounds like a plan. We'd love to have you. All right. If you have suggestions for topics or people to interview or feedback on the podcast, you can submit those at thecontractingexperience at gmail.com. I want to thank you all for listening to the Contracting Experience podcast. Until next time, keep connecting to the world around you.